Hi, and welcome to the Irana Hills Church of Christ podcast. We hope this message from Pastor Clinton Montgomery brings you closer to knowing God, finding freedom in Him, and understanding what He has in store for you and your community. To learn more about Irana Hills Church of Christ, head to aranahills.church. We hope you enjoy this message. Thank you so much to our worship team. Um, it's so good to worship with you guys today. Obviously, things change fast. Um, yesterday, I was on the soccer field. They call it supporting my kids. Um, my wife, Lee, said I was shouting at my daughter. Um, dads understand the difference when uh, that happens. And suddenly got a phone call that said we could be in a little spot. And I want to just say from the outside that we don't think uh, this is necessarily a bad thing. COVID from the beginning is just a thing. Our response to it is either positive or negative. And, and how good is it today to be um, at home? Uh, some of you with nice cups of warm coffee. We had some great coffee here this morning. Just connecting and celebrating uh, this time together. But for many people, changes like this chip up their thinking. And um, how good is it to be in the Transform series and especially today, reflecting back on um, mental transformation. What does it look like to encounter God in the way you think and in the way that you believe you are inside of you? We've been thinking on a verse in Romans 12, verse 2, where Paul comes and he says, Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of, of your mind. I'm trusting that in the three weeks so far, that there's been moments where you realize that you need to transform your thinking. Uh, we've spoken about thinking differently, about how we engage God spiritually. Last week was a great time where, a where AJ spoke about our physical health. And today we're going to share a few thoughts on um, just transformed mentality. And I want to say from the outset, it is impossible for me to try and cover everything when it comes to mental well-being. There's so much to say and there's so much in this space, so my idea is not to cover everything. But I, would, I do want to start off with three things that I think is criti critical for us to understand. When it comes to um, a transformed mentality, I think three things that sort of define where we place our focus. The first one is, when it comes to our thinking, at certain levels, we need to make an adjustment. That some of you could be sitting there thinking that I'm hoping everything around me changes so that I could be happy again. That all the circumstances just come into play, that everyone around me makes all the right decisions so that I could have a good life. And I just want to say, that's never going to happen. That at some point in time, you've got to make some adjustments in the way you think about life, in the way you think about yourself, and in the way you think about God's love towards you. So, so, so somewhere you need to take responsibility and you need to make some adjustments yourself. But there's a lot of people struggling with the fact that they don't feel they have the tools available anymore because of trauma or just um, prolonged seasons of mental challenge where you, you feel you can't make the adjustment. And you need to do more than that. You need to partner. Uh, you need to make the connection between you and the medical field. Where some of us just need to make an appointment with our GP and just say, hey, I'm struggling. And allow someone to take you on a journey to show you that there is a way where you can partner. And God is in that partnership leading you to a better place in terms of your mental well-being. But then there's a third one. 
something that I firmly believe is possible. That I believe there's the, the posture where we can trust God through prayer and through spiritual disciplines and through opening up our life to allow God to do something in us that we can't do for ourselves. And at some places that um, not even the medical field can do for us. Where we need to trust God for the supernatural to come into play in our lives. And, and whether you're, you need to take responsibility today to make adjustments, whether you need to partner or whether you need to trust God, that's up to you. Trusting that you have some good people around you to sort of lead you in this conversation. But I want to take you to a very interesting scripture that has um, become pivotal just in my thinking in, in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3 to 5. Now I want to say, if you read the Old Testament, the Old Testament has a lot of war language going on. Everyone's killing everyone, it seems. I mean, they're either in a war, they're in the middle of the war, they're going to war, or they're coming out of war. So it's, it's a challenging um, uh, uh, experience just to read through all the different expressions of war taking place. But suddenly in the New Testament, you see a lack of war language, where there's a few spots that either Paul or Jesus refers to war language. And what is very interesting is most of those um, references actually alludes to mental well-being. And this is one of them. In 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 to 5, Paul comes and he says, For we live in the world. Can I just say, for some of you, that is the revelation that you need to discover. <laughs> You're in this world. And whatever happens to this world affects us. And if we get certain phone calls in the middle of a Saturday morning and suddenly life changes, guess what? We're living in a real world. But Paul comes, he says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Now, two key things. They have divine power. It's the Greek word dynamis that says these weapons that God has given us has explosive and effective power that almost, not, not almost, that releases the power of God to the person that wants to tap into that. So before we get to the rest, I want to say that when the Bible speaks about your mental well-being, when the Bible speaks about this situation, it actually begins with a conversation saying that you have divine power. You've got explosive power. You've got effective power available to do what? To demolish strongholds. Now again, very interesting word. It's the Greek word okuroma and all the Greek uh, speaking people. Sorry if I butchered that one. But it literally means a fortified military stronghold. It's a strong walled fortress. So Paul comes and he uses a very interesting analogy. He says, when we engage this battle, we need to realize that we live in this world. And this world is an interesting place, especially when it comes to navigating your mental well-being. But before we think about the strongholds, we need to realize that we have divine power available. And this divine power demolishes strongholds. Now think in your mind, just a strong-walled fortress. It's a fortress that's been built brick by brick, rock by rock. These fortresses didn't just come up overnight. They were literally put into place of, uh, because of seasons of thinking, because of things that happened over many years. And suddenly you realize when thinking about your mental well-being, that there are certain strongholds that you need to demolish, but they have become so entrenched, they're so strong that you don't know what to do, 
against them. Paul says you have divine power. So a fortress is um, something that puts people in um, the state of bondage. <laughs> it puts people um, in a place where they feel locked away, where some people hide because of deception. It's what the enemy does to us. I still think so many times on the words that Jesus um, said in John 10, 10, that I came to give you life and that in abundance, but the enemy wants to come to steal, kill, and destroy and the effect of that activity leaves you in a state of feeling locked up, feeling in bondage, feeling like, like you're stuck in a, a prison. Where um, it so shapes your thinking, brick after brick, rock after rock, that you come to a place where, where you can't trust. You believe that you won't succeed. There's the sense that maybe for some people there's this lie that continues in their life that I'll always be broke I'll never amount to anything. God doesn't care about you. Um, I can't let people know my real struggles or the sense that I feel that I'll be rejected in, in, in everything I do. Those are prison walls. Those are things that the enemy has erected because of pain or shame or guilt that has found a way in, in your life. But Paul continues in verse 5. He says, we demolish. So listen to the language that he uses. It's explosive power. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. There are certain things in your life that needs to be confronted with the truth of God and the truth of who He is. And Paul says when we find and when we discover this knowledge, it demolishes other thought patterns. And by this power, it actually gives us the ability, and I want you to think about those words in verse 5. He says, we take. Think about the action. It's not we're hoping that something will happen. It says, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. That Greek word literally means that you bring something under control by a spear or by a sword. It's a very strong militaristic term that says, you force yourself into that situation and you take control of it. Now, here's the reality. Um, the life you have is a reflection of the thoughts you ha have and the thoughts you think. One of the things that struck me in this is this little statement, and I've got it on screen for you, that your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. I want to say that again. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Those of you who play golf would realize that Every time there's a hazard, you sort of think, I've got to hit the ball away from the hazard. So if the hazard is on my right-hand side, I want to aim left. But without us knowing, if you aim left, you sort of open your body and you slice the ball and guess where the ball ends up? Directly in the hazard. So for those of you trying out golf or haven't been able to solve that problem, next time, hit the ball to the hazard. I promise you, the most difficult ball in golf is the straight shot. Uh, you won't hit the water um, with that. But that's how our thoughts work. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Um, in Proverbs 23 verse 7, Solomon says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So if you think you can't, you probably won't. If you dwell on problems, they'll overwhelm you. If you feel like a victim, guess what? You'll become one. <laughs> but if you think you can, suddenly you start sensing there's opportunities in life. 
you start looking for solutions and you believe that there's something of an overcomer spirit that takes hold of you. And I'm gonna I'm gonna show you today that this isn't just the power of positive thinking, it's actually living with the mind of Christ. See, most of life's battles is won or lost in the mind. The mind is a battlefield that is sort of a war that's playing on between God's truth about you and Satan's lies about you. We fall into this trap where we think sometimes being worried is being mature. And can I just say, it's not the truth. Being worried isn't a sign of maturity. It's a sign of displaced trust. So people think that the more I worry about my children, my future, my money, my job, my health, health the better it is for, for, for me. But as Christians, we know that there's a security in God's promises, where there's little moments that, that, that you do what you can, you trust, and then there's that place of peace, trusting that, God, I've done what I could. Can I invite you to take responsibility? When I had the phone call yesterday, I thought, um, oh, we're in the middle of transform. Let's just push through. Let's just meet together, hoping that nothing bad will happen. But it really challenged me when I thought about this, thinking that can I trust God that momentum will be generated for God's kingdom, not for my church or this family or whatever, for God's kingdom, even in the midst of us not meeting in a building. Because we're still the church. You sitting in your home this morning, you going to work, you are still part of God's kingdom and momentum can be generated through that. So when we focus on worry, we become negative, we become critical in our thinking, we find fault, we're discontented, we become hard, and, and we become busy. Where suddenly there's something that I think the kingdom invites us to. Where this worry, this negativity, this mind that becomes consumed with materialism and um, wanting to be liked by people is challenged by thoughts of God's promises the way God views the world, and it's not always as bad as we think, and when we start viewing the world from an eternal perspective. See, I, I'm convinced that so much of what we see as mental illness is worry that keeps escalating and becomes a prison that we lose ourselves in. When I thought about this, I read this little comment that says, worry is the sin of distrusting the promises and the power of God. Can I read that again? Worry is the sin of distrusting the promises and the power of God. Your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts and what comes into your mind comes into your life. So if you're constantly thinking critical thoughts, you'll have a critical spirit. If you believe this day is going to be hard, and can I just say, don't make a judgment call when you wake up in the morning. It doesn't work. Do it straight after coffee. Way better. Uh, it's something that uh, Melise helps me with so often. When I wake up in the morning, it's like, oh, it's going to be hard. It's not going to be hard. It's just hard getting out of bed. Uh, but once you get out of bed, once you have that coffee, I mean, everything, sky's blue, it's beautiful. Um, if you believe that you're going to be hurt by people, you'll believe that people can't be trusted. and You'll never share real intimacy in friendships or even your marriage. But there's a different way, a way that is affected by faith where faith shows us God's involvement, shows us what God is busy with. I believe faith is actually the sensory capacity of the Spirit, where, where it helps us to see what God is doing. And the more we act in faith, the more we see in faith, the more we see God at work in our life and in the world around us, and it affects our thinking. 
I realized a while ago in the middle of, of COVID that, that I was struggling with an area of mental well-being. I realized that because my wife and my kids were sort of alluding to the fact that it wasn't easy to live with me. Um, and, and I had to go and search for help in that space. And I want to say, um, at one point, it took me the adjustment for me to go and take a step to partner with the medical field. And it has been so freeing. Not that my trust is in what they provided, but realizing now that God has used that in such a special way. Because I realized there that no matter what I do, what I have, who I know, what I buy, where I live, or where I travel or don't travel to, that I cannot have a positive life if I have a negative mind. Can I say that again? You cannot have a positive life if you have a negative mind. So I want to take you through three quick steps that will help us just think about what we could do to, to challenge this experience of, of mental transformation in our own life. Firstly, firstly, first step is identify the number one stronghold that is holding you back at this moment. Go and look through the prison walls in your mind. Go and look through the things that probably are um, responsible for the areas of your thinking imploding more often than not. Some of those could be you feeling that you're not good enough or your past is too bad or you can't trust or you'll never get ahead or you can't get close to God. You'll never get a job you love or there's always too much to do or maybe marriage was just a bad idea. See, the thing is, um, negative thoughts actually affects your ke the chemical makeup of your brain. Every thought you have creates a neuropathway. So the more you think on negative thought, the more negativity becomes entrenched in your brain. And I don't have time to go through all of that this morning. But one thing I know is that when you are conditioned towards negativity, your life and your thoughts becomes, becomes something like that deer. That when a deer is chased, the deer always runs uh, into the trodden path, the path of least resistance. It's so easy to catch you because it takes the way that has been run before. And that's exactly how your mind works. So think about it this morning. In what areas of your life do you fall into the worry trap where you think that you aren't good enough, where fear dominates your thinking, where there's this threat-based thinking where your reptile brain actually takes over? You can't trust that. That's not part of God's design for your life. If you think that what comes out of your mouth is worry, fear, criticism, never being happy, you've got to realize that you have fallen into the trap of a stronghold dominating the way you think and it will dominate the way you live. Identify that. See, one of the key things that we need to realize is that um, if you can't identify, you can't defeat. You can only defeat what you identify. There's a lot of people thinking, um, thinking that what I'm saying at the moment is science, it's not spirit. But just think about what Paul meant when he said, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be renewed in your mind so that you can test the will of God. This is deeply spiritual. Actually allowing the Word of God to shape the way we think and the way we feel and the way we do. So firstly, firstly, identify the stronghold. Secondly, name the truth that demolishes the stronghold. 
I read this earlier in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3 to 5. It says, for we live in the world, but we don't wage war in the same way the world does. The weapons we fight are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And I want to say, I believe today that God is releasing power, explosive power, and effective power to break strongholds in people's lives. It says, we demolish, demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. That Greek word, take captive, says um, we're using a spore. It's an offensive weapon. When you read Ephesians 6, the only offensive weapon that we have, or, or weapon of offense, is a sword. And what is the sword? It's the sword of the truth, the Word of God. So when you have those feelings that I can't get all done, what if you thought about the phrasing, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Part of my physical plan is I'm doing a bit of a gym program at the moment and my body is sore and, and I'm aching. And at the gym on um, uh, Friday afternoon, I open up my little book that I'm taking in notes where my gym program has been printed in. And Talita, my daughter, wrote down, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I went at those pull-ups and I realized I can do almost all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm getting there. Uh, but at the end of this eight weeks, I'll get there. Um, if you feel that you're not a good mom, you've got to realize that Christ in you can parent in the best possible way. If you're scared about the future, what about the declaration that worry is not my master? Faith in God is God will never leave me or forsake me. If you believe that you're not attractive and you can't get into the space of finding the person that, that you want to share the rest of your life with, um, you don't like what you see, what, a, what about thinking about the fact that God made you fearfully and wonderfully, that He loves you? So. First one is, what is the truth? Or what is the stronghold? Second thing, what is the truth that you need to counter? And the third one is, how do you reframe toxic or stuck thoughts? How do we deal with worry and anxiety? See, these narrow pathways are, are more powerful than we think, and it becomes so, um, so comfortable just to fall into those patterns. It creates a, what we call a cognitive bias, a mental filter, a a mental framework where the concept of a, of a cognitive um, bias means that we mistake in reasoning based on our personal preference or our personal, personal desires. So a lot of people, when thinking about church, they would reflect back saying that church has to be this way. And we think about it and we think, no, 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 no. That's just your personal preference. They think about life and they say life has to be like this, this or that. But it's just personal preference. And that's something that I want to ask you to see. Why is it that some people um, can be faced with, with exactly the same situation, but they re they'll respond differently? Well, it's because they have a different filter. And when it comes to reframing, we need to realize there's certain opportunities, cer certain moments in life that we have to reframe. Because we can't trust all things as facts. We need to realize that some of the things are personal preference. They are filter driven. And these filters decide what we like and what we don't like. See, reframing is creating a different way of looking at a situation, at a person or at a relationship where we actually choose to look at an experience that probably has been negative to me. And by reframing, we say, okay, God, 
What is your opinion? What did you want me to encounter in that moment? So critical in that space. Paul comes in Romans 8 verse 5 to 6. He says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature. And can I just say, when Paul speaks to the people in Romans, he's constantly got two people in mind. He's got the Gentile, Gentiles and he's got the um, uh, believing um, people that were part of the, of the uh, Israel faith, the Judaistic faith. So two kinds of people. It's not just the sinners that we have in mind. It's both groups. He says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature, think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Spirit, think about that which pleases the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Certain moments, certain experiences in your life that you need to reframe. Some of you can go back to last week. Some of you need to go back years where you need to think about how God has given you the ability to reframe your thinking. Three quick things. Identify stronghold. What's God's truth about that situation? And how do you reframe that? So I want to conclude. Jesus said that there's good news to the poor. And today I want to refer to those who are mentally poor. He says he came to bind up the brokenhearted to set the prisoner free. Truth sets you free. It's something that I believe God wants to do. He wants to open the door of our minds. And, and there's something about just the, the faithfulness of God being available. So just listen to what Lamentations 3 verse 19 to 24 says. Solomon comes and he says, I'll never forget the trouble. <laughs> the utter lostness. The taste of ashes, the poison I've sw swallowed, I'll remember it all. I think it's Jeremiah. And oh, how well I remember it. The feeling of hitting bottom. Some of you could be there at this moment right now. The feeling that you've hit rock bottom. He says, but there's one other thing I remember. Actually uses the frame, I call it to mind. I activate my thinking into a specific direction. And I remember, and I get a grip on hope. He says, God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. They, they're created new every morning because you are faithful. He says, I'm sticking with God. He is everything that I have left. So this morning, I want to do something different. Instead of just praying for you, I want to ask you maybe if you want to um, just raise your hands wherever you're sitting. If you're struggling with mental health, I'm going to make some declarations over your life that I believe has the power to actually release people. Not because of what I'm saying, but because I believe the truth of God's Word has explosive and effective power to release certain strongholds in people's lives. And we all know that, that us asking God is a form of prayer. But there's so much info that actually shows us that declaring God's Word and declaring His promises is also a way that we can pray. I've got these promises on the screen for you. You could maybe say them in your own living room or in your bedroom, wherever you are. But these, I believe, are statements of faith that could release you from the bondage that, you're, uh, that, that um, has been set up in your mind. So let's, let's pray together.
you are strong and mighty. You have the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwelling inside of you. You are a weapon of righteousness in a world of darkness. You are not your past. You are not what you did. You are who God says you are. He says you're forgiven. He says you're redeemed. And He says that you are free. You are not a hostage to the unhealthy thoughts in your life. The weapons you fight with are not the weapons of the world. You have divine power to demolish strongholds. You have the mind of Christ directing your thoughts. You have the Word of God guiding every step of your way. You demolish every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God you take every thought captive and you make it obedient to Christ. Worry is not your master. You trust in God. His peace guards your heart, it guards your mind, and it guards your soul in Christ Jesus. Your God has not given you a spirit of fear. He's given you a spirit of power and of love, and God has given you the ability to experience a sound mind the Lord is your helper you will not be afraid <laughs> you are not a slave to your habits you are not a prisoner to addiction you have been rescued from the power of dark darkness and you have been brought into the kingdom of God's light you are empowered you are chosen you are called you are the masterpiece of God you are created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for you to do your God will bless you abundantly so that in all things and at all times having all you need you will abound in every good work your God is for you your God is with you no weapon folded against you will prosper in any possible way because nothing and I want to say nothing can separate you from God's love not death, not demons, not the present, not the past. No power on earth will separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, your Savior. And that creates the freedom that we are living in. May you be blessed. Thank you for joining us today. If you were encouraged by the message and would like to hear more sermons like this, make sure you hit subscribe. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. To experience other messages, videos, and live services, head to oranahills.church and navigate to the resources tab. Thanks for listening.